Afternoon, actually, I guess. How are you guys today? Good. I'm very happy to be here. I can't tell you how happy to be here. <laughs> um, this has been uh, quite an amazing weekend for me. Uh, I don't know if, you know, my, I'll let you guys know a little bit about what's going on with me right now. My son uh, just moved from Carlsbad, New Mexico to Las Cruces, New Mexico. Praise Jesus. I live in Albuquerque, for those of you who don't know me, uh, and I'm a part of New Life City. My father is a senior pastor there. Uh, this move, I did nothing. Um, I, I, uh, it just came upon. And so I've spent the weekend with Daniel and his family and with my son, which has been amazing because essentially him moving here uh, means I will probably double the amount of time I get to see him. So praise Jesus. And... Um, just driving in here on Thursday and going on the street on Friday, I realized like just what a heart I have for Las Cruces. Some of you guys know me. I've been here once a month since the, since the building was, was opened and I bring my teams here with me. I've just loved uh, blessing you guys and being with you guys and the Lord works in mysterious ways because now he's brought my son here. And so, yeah, instead of my son was in Carlsbad, so I would try to see my son in Carlsbad or, or pick him up there and take him home. And, and then I would still come here once a month, so now I'll just come here twice a month. If that's all right with you guys. <laughs> or at least, at least you'll, you're going to be seeing even more of me. Um, and so I'm blessed, blessed, blessed. I want to I pray with you guys. Um, Father, I just come, come before you. This is... Out of your spirit, everything that we do is out of your strength, not our own. So just join us here today. Just reach us individually. Uh, let, my be, let my words be from your, your heart and let, let everyone be touched here. And, oh, Lord, we just thank you for this day. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a bit emotional. You guys are going to have to bear with me. I, I'm a little overwhelmed. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to speak to you today out of Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is pretty familiar to most people. Um, you hear it quoted in movies. And, and, uh, but I recently uh, saw someone deconstruct it a little bit. And so I decided to press into that further. And so, again, I always come to you guys and say, you know, this is, this is what I'm getting from the word and I'm sharing it with you. I always want you guys to get what you receive from the word. Because um, my interpretation, my revelation is not necessarily what the Lord has for you today. And so all I can do is share with you my heart and my passion and my zeal. But the Lord shares with you his spirit and his revelation. So uh, we've all read it before, but I'm going to read it again. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. 
Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Six verses, and I can't believe the more I got into it, I'm like, I could preach, I could preach a sermon on each verse. David, the psalmist says, covers so many different aspects of our relationship with God in just a mere six verses. And I realized uh, after digging into it and studying it and asking the Lord what it meant, uh, how powerful. And the reason why we've heard this so many times and how powerful it is, is because um, it doesn't completely wrap up our faith, but it, man, it covers a lot. And so um, the very beginning, we're just going to start from the beginning. The Lord is my shepherd. David was the shepherd king. David knew a little bit about being a shepherd. He knew about the sheep. He knew about the strength of his voice. And uh, Daniel's new house, there's some sheep across the street. And I took my son. He was really excited to see the sheep. And, and uh, they spook easily. My son wanted nothing more than a, just a sheep to come near him so that he could pet it. And, and my son's five and just scared the daylights out of these sheep. <laughs> and... Um, you know, we have to understand, Dave said, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. That's the voice that he responds to. So, so we, we just start right off with the relationship. It's the first thing he wants to know. The relationship, the shepherd, our leader, our voice. Be careful of the voices you listen to. Understand the voice of God. Listen to the voice of God. Um, you know, uh, Daniel has been a great voice in my life. Daniel is a great voice in this, in this church. And a, a lot of ministry is developing your voice. I've worked hard to find my voice. My father always says that, my earthly father, always says that in order to do ministry, you must find your voice. Well, you can't have, you can't give away anything you haven't received. And so we receive by listening to the Lord, our shepherd. And our shepherd guides us. And, and that is what our lives are about, the relationship that we have with the Father, with our Heavenly Father, and our ability to hear His voice and follow what we are being told like sheep. Because just like the sheep across the street from Daniel, we can spook pretty easily unless we are constantly listening to our Father's voice. And, and our Father in Heaven, if we can hear that voice when we, when we are spooked. We're going to get into this more. And that's just literally the first line. So I hope you're prepared. The next thing, I shall not want supply. Do you allow the Lord to be your supply? Man, I, I think about the silly things that I want for. We all want for the silliest things. You know, I, would, I, want, uh, I want a better job. I want, I, want my, I want my car not to break down. My car broke down last week and hell... How my car's fine. It, got, it gets me to cruises. My car it takes care of me. But, but I find myself wanting frivolous things and not necessarily trusting the Lord sometimes and just walking in relationship with the shepherd and saying, Lord, I just want what you want. Um, I want a closer relationship with my son. And I've, forever I was trying to figure out how to do that. How do I... How do I find a close relationship? What, what can I do? How can I make a little bit more money so I can afford to bring him up or, or go down and see him? How can, I, how can I do this? How can I, how can I, how can I? 
I didn't do anything. The Lord just, just changed the situation. Uh, one day I got a phone call, and his mom says she was not, not receiving the services that she needed from, for my son in Carlsbad and had to move him. And, of course, the options were Albuquerque, where I live, or Las Cruces. Las Cruces worked out better for her situation. And I really, I didn't do anything to change this situation. I just, the Lord just provided. Now, of course, what did I do? He didn't move to Albuquerque. He moved here, and of course, I started complaining, right? I was like, come on, Lord, where are you? And then I come down here, and Daniel has a new house with a, with a place that I can stay, and, and, uh, and I realized that the Lord's hand was in all of it. And what, what was I wanting? Of course, I want to be, and that's good to want to be near my son, but, but I was taking it upon myself. I want this. I want to do that. Instead of, Lord, whatever you're doing, I'm in. You are my supply. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Rest. Rest. Who's terrible at rest? terrible at it I'm like I, I take pride in my ability to do lots of things and um, you rested a lot, I, I did <laughs> and, and it's one thing it's one thing that again yeah and again I, I want to thank you because that's um, because I, I you'll often hear like I live with my parents and my dad will say you leave the house before I wake up, and you don't even come home till after I've gone to bed, and you do it five, six days a week, out of the house by 6, 6.45, 7, not back till 10.30, 11. Um, and and, I, and I, I do ministry work, but I, I do my job. I like to work out at the gym. I do sometimes ministry Thursdays and Wednesdays. I play volleyball. I go out dancing. I do lots of fun things. But I never rest, and I struggle with rest. And the Lord's been speaking to me about this. And the Lord's been telling me again, again, like, I've been taking pride in my ability to do so many things. And the Lord says, you're just, you never rest. And again, I thank you. And I really did, like, I told Daniel, I left Albuquerque for three days, and it was like vacation. It was the closest thing I've had to a vacation in months. And it's not because the Lord doesn't provide me. It, the Lord leadeth me in green pastures. And we're made, you guys understand, we are made to rest. Man was created on the sixth day. The seventh day, we took the day off. <laughs> the very first thing we did, the Lord was like, I made you, now let's just rest. And entering into our rest means giving our cares to him, giving our burdens to the Lord. Man, I, you know, I'm always, I don't wear my stress. It doesn't wear me down, but I'm always thinking, what can I do with this minute? What can I do with that minute? And I don't take enough time to sit. And I have this weekend, I have just been able to just walk through the neighborhood and feed animals and enjoy sunshine and play with my son and not really care. I'm in the middle of the busiest season at my work. Uh, October and no early November is our craziest time. And my bosses were, they told me, yeah, take, the, take a three-day weekend, of course. I have a really nice job that 
understanding bosses, and they told me, get out of here so I could take my son trick-or-treating, which he loves. Actually, he just loves handing out candy. He thinks that's the coolest thing ever. But I was able to give some of my cares away. And I read this, I read this prayer of release because I, you know, so many times I build up and I try to do all this and I do this and, and I'm banging my head against the wall and I finally go, okay, Jesus, this is your problem now. I'm tired. I'm, doing, I'm tired. I've done all I can do. I've, done, I've gone as far as I can go. I'm not getting the results. This is your problem now. And, you know, I always tell people to stay in communication with the Lord, even when you're mad. Even when you're mad, keep talking to him. Even my earthly father, the last thing he ever wants is for me to just stop talking to him. Even if I'm angry, he just wants me to talk to him. Because if you talk it through, if you talk things through with the Lord, he'll give you, the, he'll give you what you need. But this prayer of release that I read, and this print is so small, so forgive me. But Heavenly Father, I release to you the burdens that I have been carrying, burdens that you never intended for me to carry. I cast all my cares upon you, all my worries, all my fears. You have told me not to be anxious about anything, but rather to bring everything to you in prayer with thankfulness. Father, calm my restless spirit, quiet my anxious heart, still my troubling thoughts with the assurance that you are in control. I let go of my grip upon the things that I have been hanging on to. With open hands I come to you. I release to you, to your will, all that I am all that I am trying to manipulate. I release to your authority all that I am trying to control. I release to your timing all that I have been striving to make happen. I thank you for your promise to sustain me, preserve me, and guard all that I have entrusted to your keeping. Protect my heart and mind with your peace, the peace that passes all understanding. Father, may your will be done in my life in your time and in your way. That's such a good prayer for our stressful nature and that is lying down in green pastures you know I'm not you know I do all that we can but sometimes I just have to come and rest and even this like I come to Daniel and he's like yeah I want you to preach on the street on Friday and I want you to preach on my church on Sunday and I'm like yeah that's rest like that's rest for me and he's like can you help me put up this light yeah you bet like, and then, I, I don't know, I took, Maddie said I took two naps yesterday and one today. <laughs> but I really was, was able to give the Lord this weekend, and it was such a joy. And so we move on to, um, he, lead, he leads me beside quiet waters. And at the end of that verse, your, or at the end of this prayer that I read, thank you, your promise sustains me. Once you have... Listen to the voice, and I like how the succession of this goes. Uh, once you have heard the Father, and once you are led into the pastures, then he leads me by quiet waters. Once you've entered into your rest, then you find your refreshment. Leadeth me by, by, to quiet waters. Refresh, refresh me. How often do we need just a little bit of refreshment? John 4 says, uh, he meets the woman at the well and asks her for a drink. And then he tells her, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for a drink and never thirst again. Lead me to the living waters, the refreshing waters. 
Come to Jesus and get a refreshment out of your rest. He restores my soul. Healing. Healing. I can never get enough healing. Sometimes, and I, and I say this, in, that this is written in succession, because sometimes I'm guilty of just saying, Lord, just, okay, now just fix this. You know, let's just fix it. I'm, I'm tired of hurting. I'm tired of, uh, the, like, physical pain. I'm tired of emotional pain. I'm tired of being broken. You, you just fix it, okay? And you have to walk through these steps again. You have to go through and understand the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. If I'm running and running and running all the time, and then I hit a brick wall, and I just say, Lord, fix this. And, you know, and sometimes he says, well, you're not listening to me. You're not stopping. You're not slowing down. You're not resting in me. You're not letting me refresh you so that I can restore you. The restoration of your soul is a process. And, and uh, I don't preach, um, I don't preach change in behavior, but... Well, yes, we do need to oftentimes change our behaviors. And I don't preach behavior management, but it is time. We do need to manage our behaviors. I don't manage your behaviors. You do that. Jesus does that with you. I always tell people, I don't know how to solve you. I'm not going to tell you what to do, especially on the streets. My friends, my non-believer friends are like, tell me what to do. Or they're like, don't tell me what to do is what they say. I don't like Christians. They always tell me what to do. I say, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'll lead you to the, the way, the truth, and the life. I'll point you the way. Now, if you come to me and you say, I have a problem, can you help me? Yeah, I will tell you what to do. But I, didn't, but I don't come to you with, I know how to fix you. I, I didn't mean to go on a tangent there. We all, yeah, instant gratification. We don't want the process. He guides me in paths of righteousness. I think, I feel like you guys understand righteousness, but... I don't care how much I understand righteousness. The inside of me, I still trips over righteousness as moral achievement. And that's not what it is. That's religion. That's not righteousness. And he leads us in paths of righteousness. He leads me to follow him. Because righteousness is just my relationship with him. It's continuing to say, I'm the sheep, you're the shepherd. It doesn't, it, but, and, I, and I still trip over it, and I still feel it inside my soul, even though I will declare against it all day long, I will still um, do something I shouldn't have and then lose my, my perfect oneness with the Lord that I'm after because I made a mistake and because now I've lost my righteousness because religion always creeps in and likes to tell me that I'm not good enough. And that's not, and, and so... You have to understand what righteousness is to be led into it. And go throughout your Bible. I, I don't know if you guys grew up like I did, understanding righteousness as this moral authority that you are under. But man, when I reread my Bible and see righteousness, like the Lord judges us on his righteousness. Man, wasn't that a hellfire preaching used by so many to say the Lord is going to judge you based on his righteousness? you're like, oh, no, the Lord wants you as a son, as, as Michael was saying. And he judges us 
on his desire to be our father. I don't judge my son based on my little boy. I don't judge him based on how good he is at following my rules. I judge him based on how much I love him and want him to be with me. And reread that righteousness. Reread it with an understanding that it's about the Lord wanting a relationship with you, not measure, putting a measuring stick and, and notches up to see how high you've made it. And the Bible is clear. We are saved by grace. And the Bible is clear that says we will be judged by our actions. That is clear. But that's not the point. And so we read along. Oh, yes. He, restore, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For his name's sake. Purpose. That line is purpose. I had a friend the other day come to me and say, Anthony, I'm just not happy. And no matter what I do, this is an, a non-believer friend. I have lots of them. And he said, Anthony, no matter what I do, I'm, not, I'm just not happy. He was, he was ending a relationship that he was in with his girl. And I said, well, what are you doing it for? He said, what do you mean? I said, what, what, what are you doing? What are you walking through life for? To be happy? That doesn't make any sense. If you live your life to be happy, you will fall short. You will be unhappy. If you live your life on purpose, for his name's sake, happiness will follow. And I, that's why I told my friend, I said, I don't live to be happy. I, I just am happy. Not all the time, but I live for purpose. I'm, I live my life on purpose. I want to make a difference. I want to change. I want to reach somebody. I want to help somebody. I want to, I want to inspire somebody. towards. And I, want to, and I want to do it all in the name for his name's sake. I want to do it all for the name of Jesus. And then he takes care of my happiness. That's his problem. And now, the, you know, this is the verse 4. This, verse 4 is like the favorite part of, of uh, movies and, and quotes and, and religion. And, 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 I, and I like to say it with authority. I like to say, so we'll just read it. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I like to say that just the same way the world does. And the same way Hollywood has used it, it with some authority. Like, like I, I will walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I will fear no evil. And that fires me up. I get really fired up. But, but what does it mean? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That means your purpose will be tested. Your metal will be tested. Why do good things happen to bad, or why do bad things happen to good people? The great question that everybody wants to know. Because if only good things happen to good people, we'd all be good people and there'd be no free will and we'd have no use for God. But as we get tested, as we walk through the valley of the shadow of doubt, we have a choice. And David here writes, I will fear no evil. Now we all, we're always... 
not always, but oftentimes we are in the valley of the shadow of death. That doesn't mean we're walking into a group of people persecuting us. That means the enemy is coming under attack in our own mind. Disappointment, testing, tribulation. Paul speaks of tribulation, Romans 3, 5. Tribulation leads to endurance. Endurance brings character and character hope. So testing, testing Paul thought of as a blessing. Something that he could take and it would make him stronger and build him up. We don't see it that way when we're in the valley of the shadow of death. But then if we fear no evil, then we understand our protection. Understand that David knew it. David knew how many times did David rely on God? He knew he could fear no evil. He knew who his protector was. He knew that the Lord was protecting him everywhere he went. Why did he, why did he fear no evil? For thou art with me. Faithfulness. Lord's faithful every time, is he not? Again, I take you back to um, my, my friendship with Daniel growing, our relationship, him becoming a brother to me, my love for this church and my love for, for you guys' desire for the spirit, and my wondering about how all the pieces of my life are going to fit together, and then my son just moves here. God is faithful. I will fear no evil, for thou art my protection. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Discipline. Discipline's not always a bad thing. Discipline, we all need it. We all set it up. I love people who say, no one can judge me. <laughs> like, well, you're, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> Nobody tells me what to do. Well, enjoy that pit. <laughs> and I think of, um, you know, I think of arguments that we get into, and I, I think of how much we, we desire to be right and how much we hate to, to be corrected, but, but the whole point, not the whole point, but so much of the point of life is to grow under correction. And I think of blind Bartimaeus. This got me through so many times uh, when, I was, when I was really experiencing the Lord and trying to grow and getting very boastful and getting very proud and, and uh, just really on fire for the Lord. And I would say, I would think of blind Bartimaeus crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That sounds odd, but I would always think, Lord, what am I blind to? Where am I missing something? What am I, what am I not seeing? And when the Lord, when it's his rod and his staff that's comforting you, discipline comes in the form of comfort, not humiliation, not shame, not hurt, not anger. It comes in the form of a comforting father. And it comes through revelation where you don't 
You don't walk in that ickiness of self-loathing. And you say, no, oh, thank you, Lord. And then you can say, thy rod and thy staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Hope. Hope. Hope and I don't get along a lot. I have this wonderful, uh, so in my business, I fix pools for a living. I'm a pool boy. <laughs> I tell people it's really fun. I, people meet me and they say, what do you do? And I say, well, for, work, for money, I'm a pool boy. And for fun, I'm a preacher. <laughs> when you're at a bar asking a girl to dance, that's a great conversation. <laughs> but my, my pool supplier, I have like five guys that, that work, and, they, and I, I place orders with them constantly. And it's five guys and one gal named Hope. And Hope is a funny, funny, sweet woman. And every time I call in an order, I'm like, can I speak to Hope? <laughs> because I, and I tell her every day, or every other day, I'm like, I just need some hope in my life. <laughs> and hope is a struggle of mine because I'll take you back to Romans 3, 5. Tribulation breeds endurance, endurance character, and character breeds hope. I always tell people, I'm still working on character. <laughs> tribulation in me. I've understood my protector. I've understood endurance. And I'm getting pretty decent at character, but I haven't gotten anywhere near hope. So I read this and I read this. <sighs> Prepareth a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And I read and I came to understand that that was hope. And I can't unpack that as beautifully as I'd like. And I want, you to, I want you to just dwell on that yourself. But in every situation that the enemy is telling you there is no way to get out of this, the enemy is telling you that just give up. When you're so deep-rooted in tribulation and you read that, that the Lord has prepared a table well, what do you do at a table? You commune. Communion is so important with each other. You know, there's all these studies that say that people who sit down with their family and eat have so much healthier children. And it's because we were designed to commune. And so when you think of your hopelessness and you think of your despair and you think of the fact that the Lord has prepared a table for you and him to sit at right in the middle of it, and we read that verse and think of like David being at war and like just like setting up a table in the enemy camp. <laughs> like, just gonna eat right here, guys. Don't mind me. But that is kind of how we need to view our tribulation. That's kind of how we need to view our despair. Is that the Lord has already set up a table in the presence of our enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. So here we are at the table in the middle of our despair, and the Lord is consecrating our relationship. He is making our union sacred at the table of communion. 
again, again, just dwell, and I keep using the word dwell because I'm at dwell. But keep, you know, but but I, but I want to dwell on that. What, I mean, what does it mean to be consecrated and to be made sacred? It's not anything you can do. It's not anything I can do. It's it's just to be anointed, and then a lot of times in the Bible. Uh, Oil, to anoint with oil, is to be given the Spirit. And us as uh, AD Christians have a much better understanding. But even David understood the Spirit of the Lord. You know, not in the outpouring way after Pentecost. But we get to freely receive the Holy Spirit. And the next verse, my cup overflows. Or the next line, not the next verse. My cup overflows. Abundance. Something you can never run out of. Something you can never stop receiving. That anointing of oil. That outpouring of the Spirit. Right in the presence of your enemies. Sitting at the table. Continually receiving. Why? Because the Lord is is my shepherd. I shall not want. It's a lot easier set up here. It's a lot easier for me to say these words to you. But, but these are things that you just, these are things, you've heard this verse so many times. It's because people have grasped that there is something to this. And how do you, how do you ingrain this into you? You just declare it over yourself. And you declare the word. You get into the word and you declare and you ask for the spirit. And you do it so much. You do it so often that when you are in enemy territory and feeling hopeless, you don't have any other reactions. There's nothing else you know how to do. If you spend all your time running, you'll run. If you spend all your time seeking the Lord, then when, when life squeezes down on you, you'll just seek the Lord. Still working on it. I'm not going to tell you you've got to figure it out. Sometimes we just yell at each other, but I don't run away. I, I wish I could say I didn't, I mean, I, I don't shake my fist at the Lord. I do. But as a son, that's, he wants me to tell him everything. He wants me to be in this relationship with him. He wants me to be in union with him. He wants me to cry out and say, why am I here? And then he wants me to get into this and read these words. And listen for a word. And watch and wait and see what he does. And watch him provide a way. And rest. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. Speak that over yourself. Say that to yourself. I had a buddy, um, one of my workout partners, got into some trouble with the law and uh, <laughs> kind of, I was kind of arrogant but he was you know he would constantly we would work out once a week or twice a week and he would give me updates on what his situation was you know what the court processes were what he was having to do and and uh, how he was trying to clean up his mess and still again I would preach to him he was like well that's fine I, I don't really I don't really want to have anything to do with you with your Jesus, but 
But whatever, he's, he didn't stop answering my phone calls. He didn't stop working out with me, so I kept preaching to him. And I kept telling him that when Jonathan was in David's house or, or, or in David's tent, the favor of the Lord was with Jonathan. Surely favor and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And so I told my buddy, I was like, if you just keep hanging out with me, the favor of the Lord will rub off. <laughs> it's on me. It'll be on you too. He thought that was quite arrogant. <laughs> but everything ended up working out for him. He came to church once. <laughs> it still works out with me. I still tell him how good God is. He still celebrates uh, the blessings with me. And, and he still fights the battles with me, even though he doesn't necessarily do it with the Spirit of the Lord. But surely your loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. We walk through life, walk through life, think about our future. Do you think about your future and say, surely your goodness and loving kindness will follow me? Do you think about tomorrow and say, whatever I'm facing tomorrow, Lord, surely your goodness and loving kindness will be there. Waiting for me, waiting for me. Because it is. We believe that, right? It's hard for us to say it. It's hard for me to say it. You know, um, I don't know if you saw, but my son's mom, my son was having a tough day today, and, and uh, my son's mom came and picked him up and, and took him. And, you know, not, not the best goodbye ever. We're in worship, and I have to prepare to preach, and my son's having a meltdown, and I have to call mom. And, uh, and I, just, I, I, I just read this, this chapter again. I just sat and read this chapter again and said, Lord, there's nothing I can do. I've done what I can do except believe these words and except recite these words and continue to speak these words over myself and over you. Because verse 6, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. can't even read what I wrote here. Security. That's the word I was looking for. Security. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Security. I love this place. This place is, is the house of the Lord. But David understood the house of the Lord. And, and this is how he made it. It was a house that they built. The temple that they built. They built the temple. And in the holiest of holies is where heaven and earth met. Or where God's presence was. And we don't live there. We don't live that. Jesus died on the cross and released that to all of us. And so instead of, I will dwell in the house of the Lord, and I, like I said, I do love this. I do feel the Lord's presence here. But I am the house of the Lord. And he dwells in me. I am the place where heaven and earth meet. I am the temple now. And the last word is forever. Forever, for eternity. No matter what I do, no matter where I go, no matter what, I am who I am. I am a son. I am the place where Jesus lives. And my spirit, and I think I spoke to you about this last time, wherever I go, I want people to feel his spirit within me. 
I want people, I don't, because I, I'm going to trip over my words. I'm not always going to be like, oh, I'm just going to pray for everyone. I'm not always going to do that. But if, I can, but if they can just know my spirit, I am always going to speak kind to people around me. I am always going to bless people around me, even if I'm not using Jesus' name. But if my spirit will just bear witness with their spirit forever. I love, I love this passage. I've never really, I've never really dug into the Psalms. And I've, and I've heard this many times and it speaks fresh and speaks new. And I hope that I've been able to shed some light on it with you guys and, and, and give you something different and new. I love, love, love being here. I am, I'm in awe of the way the Lord works. I'm in awe of how he's woven my life into yours. And it was simply, I tell you I didn't really do anything, but I just said yes every time Daniel said, can you come down here? Will you come down here? I just said yeah. I said yes to the Lord. I said yes, let me get a team and let me go to Las Cruces. I don't know why I'm doing it, Lord. I just know that you want me to do it. You are my shepherd, and I just know the Lord was just kept saying Anthony, go to Las Cruces. I'm like, I don't, what do I care about Las Cruces, Lord? I've never once, I've never once wanted to go to Las Cruces. Even, even when I was in college and the Lobos, all, like my, all my friends would come down here for New Mexico and New Mexico State games. I was like, why would I go to there? It's true. But, <laughs> but I, I am not my own shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, and, and his voice kept saying, uh, there's a church down there, Anthony, and you need to be a part of it. There's, there's an opportunity to serve down there, and there's people that, that I need you as much as you need me, but he said, there's people down there that, that you have something for, Anthony, take it to them. And then, like I said, now my son lives here. And going to visit my son was so hard before. It was so expensive. I didn't know anybody. I had, I, I had to get expensive hotel rooms to see him, or I had to drive and take him back to, to my home, which was four and a half hours. And the Lord just provided a way. Why? I don't know. But I sure am thankful. And I sure am going to keep following him. I'm going to keep doing what he asks me. I'm going to keep saying yes. Yes, Lord, here am I. I trust you. I hear you, Lord. I'm thankful to be up here, and I'm thankful for the opportunity, and I'm thankful for a weekend of rest. I'm thankful that I got to be with my son, and he had a friend in Jackson, and they could just play, and I could just enjoy, and my cup could just overflow, and I could lie down in green pastures and be led to the waters and be, and be restored and refilled and refreshed. And I thank, I'm thankful for what you guys are doing here. I just, I, I didn't start this spark, but I dang sure am going to blow on it. And I sure am going to stoke this flame. So if you guys would stand, and I want to I take some time to minister to one another, or to minister to you, or to however you guys want to receive. I want you to come. I want, to, I want a chance to lay hands on you. I want a chance to bless you. I want a chance to pray for you. I'm going to turn my microphone off. 
Lord, I just so thank you for this day and thank you for this church. Feel free, guys. I'm not in a hurry to leave. I'm going to be here. I want to pray for as many as want to be prayed for. And Pastor Daniel and, and Michael and whoever, and, and whoever else uh, is released to pray, let's pray for everyone. Yeah, I was praying.